0: back to the Compound Podcast. This is episode 143, 143. We have a lot to talk about. Um, I don't know if we're going to get to it this week because we have a great interview. This episode is brought to you by Parse Rum. I love Parse, you love Parse. I don't know. So we haven't, oh God, there's so much. We haven't been back together since I did the Compound Live. I wish you guys, did you, I don't know, did you guys listen to the interview at all? Yeah, of course. I don't think you did. I did too. I, I listened I, to it all right away. When I, I just want to tell you guys this. When I actually I, tuned in live. When I started the episode, I said, he was brought to you by When I say Parsay, you say, and I put the mic, and everybody,
1: like the whole crowd was like, Rob. it was really? awesome. It was awesome. I had multiple people texting me and saying, why didn't you and Zach go? And I said, why would we go to CubsCon? I was like, that sounds.
2: I got a few DMs of pictures of the uh, screen behind you, Ian you guys you guys were on it yeah yeah um and they were just like oh you guys are well represented here and i was like yeah that time has passed it was- listen it was my cool. hat
1: did my hat have a question mark on it on the board or <laughs> was it still a Cubs hat <laughs> i was uh i i was a little nervous doing a live show like
0: they had i had this i had this earpiece in and the you know whoever was producing it for marquee would like give me like time how much time was going? Like, all right, you've been going for 20 minutes, you've been going for 45 minutes, like another 10 minutes, keep it going, whatever. But they didn't do any commercials. So, like in between guests, I couldn't be like, I was just be like, okay, new guest. Ah, and like yeah, I can I, I go P real so quick. Like,
3: let me do take it to commercial so that I don't have to do this. I cut most of that out of the, the actual yeah, really should, posted, yeah. but it was it was pretty funny to watch you because it was just kind of everyone would be quiet, and the crowd got really quiet, and then it would just be like I like your watch. And then so someone yeah. like having you know an innocu- innocuous comment, and that's how the interviews would start. Yeah, well, it was
0: because it was weird because um, like when Demp did his live show, like they would throw it to a commercial, and then when somebody else would come back, but I was like, "Do we have any commercials this?" They were like, "Nope, you're just doing it for an hour straight." So it was like, "The guys Good in luck. my we'll earlist, like keep talking." I'm like, "About what?"
1: But I think it went pretty
3: well. I, I will listen. I will go back and listen. That's yeah, don't worry
0: about it.
1: I,
3: uh... I actually I'll say I texted Ian I was very impressed that that was really hard to do by himself for an hour with six different guests and I thought he did a really good job so I want to give him a shout out for that thank you Tom I want
1: to talk I want to talk about the golf that Zach and I played real quick real quick first what you should have done is brought Nico on after you interviewed him and be like let's go back to your glory days you're going to help me interview a little TBT nico interviews you that's what we should have been. oh, that's oh a great idea. shit i i didn't want to like keep him there for an hour that was like he was only yeah, there for like 15 minutes i was like all right now you go you're like all right nico, uh, we i didn't want to be you. i did not want to be
0: like hey man you have to come do this for an hour with me
1: um how, real quick last thing i know i said real quick I don't know. didn't tucker do it live too yeah tucker was on live how hard was that to be like all right like we just did this but like let's see what other questions i got in my head
0: well i had him on with JMO with tyon so it was like it was easier to talk about like, because there was stuff that we didn't talk about where i was like all right they both played in the central it was like let's talk about playing the central talk about coming to wrigley before when you're a visiting player and then like talking about the pitcher catcher thing pitcher catcher yeah. relationship like learning each other what's it take all that stuff so it was cool they did a good job um the you know everybody was great mark grace bro
1: you said that was your best one
0: dude he was unbelievable he was like talking the whole time we were talking about being a lefty at wrigley and he was talking about the win how it made him a line drive hitter it was so cool and he just got in the cubs hall of fame so it was like awesome um he was fantastic but i want to talk about our golf but maybe we should save it for next
1: week and do a golf debrief next week yeah because i feel like it could be a lengthy conversation it's going to be a long talk talk. about i want to talk about better than you shut up I Here, here's a that. little spoiler here's a little spoiler zach was upset after shooting a 72 at pebble beach so he was not just... upset yeah you were yeah you were you go it should have been a 68 we were playing no no, no i left so many chips i could have left my
0: partner at week. home
2: yep
0: let's not let's not get into it i just want to tell the people next week there's we're going to talk about whatever we're going to talk about but one of the things we're going to cover is I used to play in a golf event down in Orlando, Hilton Grand Vacations, Tournament Champions, LPJ event. Awesome, awesome experience. And then Zach at the same time was on the other coast in California. Uh playing Zach, what was the name of yours?
2: It was a um it was just called the Players Cup. The
0: it wasn't Players Cup, it wasn't as is, like
2: formal as yours.
0: It's two it's two man teams, four four man, man teams, four yep. man team event at uh pebble, spyglass, spanish bay, really cool. Thing that he got to do so like we were all texting each other back and forth the whole weekend about like how are you doing how am i doing blah so we'll talk about that next week so It's be really cool we have an amazing guest in joey Vado, who is my favorite player he i absolutely have loved playing against him watching him for the last six years he is you know, even like going to school in cincinnati um you know 13, 14, 15, the Reds are those good teams. Obviously, he had won the MVP not long before that. Um, like, his career has been so awesome. Like, one of the only guys in baseball, 400 plus OPS was like, put it, like, write it down before the season because he's going to have a 400 OPS every year or OBP on base percentage, 400 on base percentage every year, like, is bananas. This interview is presented by. DraftKings sportsbook app code compound, new customers bet five dollars on the conference championships get two hundred free bets instantly. DraftKings sportsbook with code compound. I know that Dakota is going to be hammering.
1: Don't no, not just Dakota. Don't throw me under the bus, Zachary. I have not. I haven't. In, I head. have not in five days. Five days have not. Oh, you're clean. You're clean. Yeah. What are you <laughs> yeah, itching? What are you itching? Ah, ah. I don't believe you. The only reason that I believe Zach is because he was golfing, or else he would have had some action on the NFL. I'm sure from the Bengals. Did you guys? Uh, did you guys bet on last weekend? No, I would never.
0: I I was with a couple. I mean, all right, you're liars. But I was with I a couple of guys who were who were on the wrong side, uh, on the wrong side of the Jags game until they covered right at the end, right? They did. Yeah. They, they covered field goal. field goal to cover right at the end. It was yeah. pandemonium and then uh, just absolutely on the wrong side of uh, of the Eagles game. So um, get on the right side. DraftKings Sportsbook $5 on the conference championship. Get 200 in free bets instantly. DraftKings Sportsbook with code compound. We're just trying to make the people money out here. There's trying to make the people money. Let's go to the interview with our friend of the compound friend of the pod joey Votto. we have a very very special guest former mvp six-time all-star gold glover joey Vado is joining the pod and joey it seems like recently a big chess
4: guy big chess guy you guys started a podcast during the uh during uh, the the pause in twenty twenty, I started playing chess. So it sounds like yours is more fruitful and more is, mine's more playing with kids' toys. So it's good. <laughs> I, I'm ha- I'm happy. I've been playing a bit. I just joined a chess club, and I go every Monday. And um, yeah, it's. Um, you know, you get paired up with, you get paired up with adults, of course, but then on occasion, you'll get paired up with like a nine-year-old. And you'd think that the adults would be more of a more of a handful, but the kids, okay, the kids, they play in front of you, they make their move, and you have 90 minutes plus 30 seconds. It's called a 90 plus 30. It's t- the time control. And they'll make a play quickly. And then they'll get up and go like, to the water fountain or like go look at their friends games or go look at other games and you're like locked in on this move and not understanding like what they're putting together and meanwhile they're you know they're checking in with dad you know at the front door sort of thing so you know occasionally cross paths with a kid but you know i i've done fine against the adults but it's the kids that that wear me out so
1: they know they've already got you beat. If they're getting up and walking around and just kind of looking at other kids, they're like, I got him. He's done. No yeah, chance.
4: Maybe, yeah, maybe they're kids, though. Maybe they don't
1: know. They <laughs> yeah, do. that too. That too. That too. <laughs>
0: have, have you got into,
4: like, collecting chess boards? Like, do you have a bunch of different chess boards? No, I don't. And by the way, I need to be careful because we're, like, uh I feel like we're both. Ball- Talking, but my ball talk will get me in trouble so i have to make sure that i keep it nice and tight while we do this podcast together um no i don't collect remember checks. there's always edits there's always edits there's uh yeah there is but i mean you know yeah that that, <laughs> that, that that b-roll always is in the cloud you know what i mean that's those
1: edit clips yeah. are the cloud how much do you really trust ian that's that's what you got to ask yourself i don't i don't
4: trust my brain let alone editing <laughs> Okay. No chessboards. No. I was talking. I was
0: just at CubsCon with Barnhart, and he was telling me that I got to get you going on watches. So I thought, if you're a, if you're a watch collector, if you have a few nice watch pieces, you might be uh, collecting chessboards because you go around, you see some really cool chessboards floating around there. Like, you got glass. You got marble ones. You got the like hand carved ones. I'm I can see the- you going
4: down that road. No, I don't like accumulating things, though. I, I think um, I, I'm more about the social aspect. So I actually just posted something on Instagram. Oh, I got to tell you this story. So I'm um, a boy in Toronto. And every week I'd get the Toronto Star, which is our New York Times, our LA Times. Where are you right now? What's I'm in Austin. The- You're we're, Austin. Yeah, we're all
0: spread out, but I'm in Austin, yeah.
4: So I get the, I get, I get the the main city's paper and I go through the sports section. I'm a boy, 10 years old, whatever. And I always go went to the comic section. I read the comics, right? And, you know, I work towards baseball, 18 years old, become a professional, move through the ranks, play well as a major league player. I won the Canadian Athlete of the Year a couple of times. I won a most valuable player. You know, I've 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 signed a larger contract in the context of sports history, let alone Canadian, you know, athletes. And I've never been on the cover of any newspapers, any local newspapers. And just this Sunday, they put me on the cover of the Sunday Star, which is like the Sunday Times, the Sunday, you know, it's a yeah. deal for my chess hobby. My <laughs> chess hobby. All that, that, that's all what that. finally got
0: you in the paper.
4: I got into the paper. I made the paper that I wanted to be a part of since I was a little boy for my chess hobby. So it was—it was one of those. Uh, it was a great honor, of course, and I'm grateful, of course. But it's—it's it's not bittersweet, but it's like, huh? You know, like huh, sort of thing.
0: Maybe, maybe your 2020 hobby is paying dividends. Then, what do you mean? Well, if you you picked up chess in 2020, maybe you finally got in the paper. Yeah, I think
4: think it's a reflection of how interesting my baseball career has been if chess is what they're sharing, you know? I wouldn't say that's true. I would not say that's the case. Yeah.
0: I saw you putting stuff out on Instagram, talking about your approach and talking about what you're thinking, what you're trying to do. One of my favorite things to do when we would come to Cincinnati on the road was to go out and watch you take BP. Or like if got I got really lucky a couple of times watch you do your early work. Yeah. And you would be taking flips or or kind of side flips and hitting balls into left center for you know 20, 30 swings. I swear I've told this story before. I swear to god, you could have put a hula hoop around where you were landing every single ball because the consistency and just the level of focus in your work was so impressive can you talk about you know some of that throughout your career but then what you're trying to do now or how that's changed if it has
4: yeah it has changed it for sure has changed part of it is physical limitations part of his injury history but during the prime of my career the thing I thought often about was how long can I see this ball how long can I see the ball and I also played in an era where balls were doing a lot of this. Yeah. Now, now the ball's doing more like, like this straight with some rise and then straight with some like quick, quick downward um, movement. So reading is not as to me, the, the, the style I used to use with the bat path I was take taking to the, to, in my swing reading the ball just doesn't I don't think I don't think it's as effective now and so I used to try to hit the ball low because I wanted as a left-handed hitter we I think have a tendency to have like like a looping sort of golfish move mm-hmm. it can work with a lot of pitches where we're usually really good breaking ball hitters we're usually good pull hitters but I, I wanted to be able to handle the left-hander that would throw a high fastball. I wanted to be able to take that left-handed slider that would that would um, fall out of the strike zone. I wanted to be able to handle the backdoor cutter slider from a right-handed pitcher. And I found the solution to that, being able to, again, read the ball longer and be able to handle pitches that I thought were more challenging, was attempting to hit the ball Uh, flatter and lower to the left side, because I felt, and although it may not be a reality, I felt like it made my swing go more on like a flat move towards, more direct to the ball. And so I obsessed about that. Every single swing I took in all my practice work was built around that. I went probably a decade without being intentional about hitting a batting practice homer. I never cared because I always had faith. Oh, my power's there. My power's there. You know, yeah. from probably 2011 until maybe, maybe even 2009 until like 18, no batting practice, home runs, nothing. Everything was like read the ball, hit it, be direct, read the ball, be direct. And it solved all my problems. A left hander came out of the bullpen, which And as you know, in big spots, you know, you're in the middle of the order in big spots. When you face a freaking Andrew Miller, when you face a prime Chapman, if you can't beat balls to the spot and read the ball and not get hit in the neck, like these are all part of the, equation. these are all part of the equation. We do this every day. And guess what? If you're in the middle of the order, you get the best every day in the most important spots. You know, it's like an NBA player. If you're the guy that scores at the end, you get double teamed. It just is what it is if you're, if you're that guy. And so, or if you're in that group of guys. And so I spent my time trying to build a style that handled everybody. And then as I, I had my prime, I noticed that the ball wasn't coming off my back quite as hard. So I wasn't I'd hit a ball hard and get caught at the track.
0: Was that I, Joey, was that a feel thing or was that uh did did you
4: see the numbers? Um I'm like like all players driven by the numbers. You know, I was at the halfway point in the season, I had five homers and I remember having 25 homers years. And I'm slugging 390 or 415 or 430 or something, and I'm like, what? Like, yeah. what is going on here? so i was driven by without question the numbers i have to play well i have to perform i have to live up to a certain standard and that's that prompted the change over the last years or uh, 3 years and it's been hard because i've never been the type of hitter that just kind of feels and floats and hits kind of artsy you know you watch you watch a lot of guys that that just they stand up there and hack they have great success. I've never that been, been that way. I've always been very structured. So it's a new experience for me. And um, I had a conversation with David Ortiz, not to name drop, but I had a conversation with him about um, halfway through a, a struggling year. And he said, stop worrying about strikeouts. Stop worrying about hits. Stop worrying about any answer. You need to hit the ball hard. You need to smash it. You need to start taking chances. You need to start letting it go. You start having fun. And when I heard that, I hated every second of it. I couldn't stand listening to his feedback because I couldn't relate to it. Because baseball baseball and hitting specifically are not fun to me. They are not fun to me. They're like, it's a technical thing. It's like, I'm here to be productive, fun or no. And what I found was his feedback kind of countered the experience I was having when I was struggling, which was burning, I was burnt out. I didn't want to play anymore. And in 2020 and 21, I I started making the more reckless, let it go strikeouts be darned transition. And the ball started coming off my bat harder. I started having more, more of the high end success that I was like addicted to that. I had built a habit of, you know, for a bit there, I was, Quite a good hitter. I was a very productive hitter and a tough matchup. And then I dipped and I noticed it started coming back when I made that change. Now it's like this new version. Last year I've I thought was a bit of an aberration because of my arm and my hand. But um yeah, I'm I'm hopeful for this year a healthy year to come back and play well.
2: What was that seven game home run streak?
4: Was that part of that conversation that you had with David Ortiz? That was, I'm a believer in lag. So, any plan, anything you have that you think is going to be implemented may take three months, three weeks, a year, three years. And that was a byproduct that to me, that was a combination of. I, I believe that if you face really tough comp, pitching, okay. So, yes, to answer your question, yes. But I think it was a combination of luck. I think I faced a lot of favorable matchups, some pitchers that are more, not pitchers, but pitching styles that were more of a favorable matchup. We faced a lot of right-handers during that stretch. Um, a lot of cubbies. Just faced a lot of right-handers during that. <laughs> and I just felt physically good. My work was dialed in, so I barely had to work to perform well and every day i felt like i was going to homer every single day i felt like i was going to homer and um yeah even little things like the wind was blowing out a little bit in chicago which matters you know it's a combination of Big a lot deal, of things, yeah. you know so like to answer your question yes the conversation ortiz wasn't the reason i had i had i felt in my gut a change needed to be made and i need to be more reckless and the thing that gave me the most joy was hitting homers and more importantly hitting the ball consistently hard There's a satisfaction in that, you know, it's like, um, I, I was, I was my, my reward system. I I had no reward system when I was hitting, there's more big picture by the end of the year, you get the reward, but I was tired of that because I wasn't getting enough big picture rewards. So I wanted like momentarily momentary little hits, like, like dopamine hits of like hits hit smash the ball. Oh, that felt good. And once I started doing that, I was like, oh. And then I'd look up and see a 105. i see a 110. I'd be like, oh, man, that ball's in the eighth row. That ball's in the 15th row. Oh, I hit another home run sort of thing. I hit a ball hard uh, off the center field wall. Wow. I wasn't able to do that when I was using my former style. So just that simple feeling, which was anti-everything I've ever thought and done in my past, uh, was proved effective for me. So. I-
2: Correct me if I'm wrong, but you came out and said that they were like, well, like, what are you changing? What are you doing? And you were just like, oh, like, I'm just trying to hit homers now. And you just, you're like kind of proving it to not only myself, but it's just like, yeah, I still got it. And I thought that was when you said that, I was like, I mean, that's the coolest thing I've ever heard. Like, yeah, I'm going to try to hit homer and you homer in seven straight games.
4: I was, I, so I had to gear down to have that 10 year stress of success because in eight and nine I hit the ball. I I was I hit the ball hard. I hit the ball hard. You know, I I not dissimilar to Ian. You know, we can just naturally hit the ball really hard, really really hard. And I also wanted to be Helton Helton Bonds. You know, uh, Ted Williams, all these great players I admired with the 450 on base and the 600 slug, and the, I wanted to do that. And I was like, I think I can do that because. You know, we play in a in 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 a favorable division where Homer's a little bit easier than others. Um, I was hitting the ball solidly, pretty consistently. My strikeout numbers were low, my walk numbers were high. And I was like, you know what? I want to go even more than that. I want to go extreme on the walks. And then that'll 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 make my even my slugging more efficient. My because I'll have less at backs. I'll just like hammer one every now and then, get walked. And then wham all of a sudden I'm a 10, 10, 10 OPS or 1050 OPS sort of thing. And um I just figured I, I ended up making that work. But before that, I was I had a I had a, a like I had good bat speed and I could hit the ball hard. But I actually felt like I had to gear down to get to that place where I was at my peak.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It could because watching like we played in 17, you had an awesome year. And I think that. So I think 17 was when we played four-man outfield against you. It might have been 18, but 17 or 18, we had to play a four-man outfield against you because you were so hot. And like I remember watching, you know, you would have these grinder bats, these just ridiculous, like 10-pitch, 12-pitch. I remember asking you about your approach against Johnny Lester, and like that wasn't the easiest to bat for you. Lefty cutter guy, and no. you would just you would have six, seven, eight pitch at bats, find a way to hit something to left. And then your homers would kind of be like surprises. You were always on base two or three times a game, but they were kind of like you would hit the ball and you know the 103, 105, they get out of the park. And then after you made that change end to 20, right?
4: You started standing up more straight. Yeah.
0: And then it wasn't
4: wasn't so much standing up straight. It was just more letting it go. I think you all can agree when you're more in your legs, more spread out it's hard to get bat speed off. I don't know if you agree or disagree
0: yeah but you could really like when you you went to the you was like oh shit joey's doing something different because you played against each other for like four years it's like always the same thing and then you're doing something different it was like oh and you know you start to see i'm playing center field you're hitting a a fly ball out at like 109 110 it's like oh shit that's different and it was you know i was was there any part of like because great american was one of the first ballparks to have Velo on yeah. the board. Yeah. Was there any part of you know when that started coming? That must that might have been 18, maybe 18 or 19. You guys did it before anybody else. Did you start to see like balls at like 102, 103, 104, where other guys are hitting it at 110? You're going like, what the fuck?
4: You know, there was a ball I hit in Chicago where I was choked up. I, you know, I had a very distinct style, choked up and then choked up to the extreme, you know. I I hit a ball to center field and I thought I smashed it. And I remember the center fielder, I forget his name, but he made like, a, it wasn't you. I made like a sliding diving play on the track. And I was like, I thought I hit that ball really hard. And I thought it was for sure going to be a home run. And the balls were, I don't you know, they were more live during that stretch of time. Mm-hmm. And I looked at the number like, like after it, and it was like 98 or something like that. And I was like, "That that's obviously not a home run. That's clearly not a home run because I'm watching Ian and I'm watching Chris and I'm watching Rizzo hit balls, 103, 105, Wilson hit 107 and they're five rows up, sometimes barely out. And mine's two, three, four miles an hour short of that. I'm not even close to close. And I noticed when I started standing taller and we, like you mentioned, we had the board we got pretty quick feedback. I remember staying taller and letting it go and hitting the ball and seeing a bigger number and being like, oh, now I have some potential. Like now I've got action. And I actually, I I work on this daily because I'm finding right now that the hardest thing for me to do is to generate the bat speed, but still have like a base where I can read the ball as it's coming in. I don't know if you know that, any of you know that feeling of like, feeling kind of empty in your legs when you're trying to generate bat speed and, and see the ball at the same time. You know, there's been a lot of like, I read a bunch of articles. I was trying to understand what judge did and what Goldschmidt did last year. And they just kind of just sit and read. Right. Mm -hmm. And then they generate good bat speed. And I'm thinking, well, I don't know how I'm going to be able to do that. Cause I was generating bat speed with a little bit of glide, if that makes sense. Yep. So I'm wondering, do do you, do do you, any of you have a feel on that? Well, one of my, in 18, I came off, you know,
0: a good rookie year in 17 and, and 18, it was all about hitting the ball hard. And, you know, you would get kind of praised for a 108, a 110 exit velo, you know? And so I got so obsessed with hitting the ball hard that I wasn't accurate. You know, I was, I was striking out at a hilariously high rate. I wasn't accurate with the barrel. I would have I would have some 110, 112 balls, a lot on the ground to the right side, a lot of under, a lot of like searching for that power. And like you said, you know, not seeing the ball. And it took me until really until 20 to kind of find that in between of like, okay, I can I can sit in this spot and and read the ball and still generate enough like what's enough like okay 102 to the back side like generally that's enough or like you know when i pop one to right like yeah i'm going to you know i'm going to hit i'm going to hit something 108 once in a while but like if i can live in that window where really the launch is more important than the total velo and i know that like if i square one up it's 102 plus and like unless the wind's blowing in it at Wrigley. that's doubles and homers and that's going to be a lot more effective doing that more often than having the rare you know 113 ball but also you know giving up so much of that swing and miss and that was something that i really went through of trying to create a lot of like momentum to get bat speed and power versus just sitting in my legs being a little bit wider and also um, feeling like i could just pick it up
2: and put it down and generate that speed that's, that's exactly, you know, what you're talking about with the glide forward. That's something has that like really hurt me in the past where it's just like, I'm losing time to see the ball. Like, yeah, if you, if you have a head on collision, like yeah, that's when I get my most power, like both of you guys were just talking about, but what, you know, how are you saying like judge and Goldsmith, it really does look like they're just like waiting, 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 and then they swing whenever they want. And like that glide that, you know, both of you guys were talking about, I think for me personally has absolutely buried me because of how much time I'm losing. But like you said, yeah, if I get that to pull side, like, yeah, I could pop a, you know, higher 108, 109, but like the consistency of it is it's hard to do when I'm gliding forward and almost having that clash or the crash collision force.
0: I do it more righty. I, because I get less right-handed at bats. And I know I have to sell out a little bit more right-handed and take some chances. And I know I'm not going to get the consistency of, you know, three bets a day or four bets a day to really like lock in the visuals every single day and have the same feels every single day. So I sell out a little bit more righty. So I do a little bit, I'm a little bit more like taller. I'm a little closed. I kind of have a leg kick and like get going righty because I have to sell out to not be afraid to hit something really hard to the pull side and like jam it through the six hole or hook some shit. Because I know that like the way my swing plays lefty is a lot more well rounded than like how the right-handed swing is going to
2: be. Yeah. Joe, like Joey, I, it's funny, like thinking back to when, you know, you call your prime, it's like, that's what stuck out to me with you is like, you had, you know, you had the big leg kick, whatever, but like I would just watch and be like, he is so still, but you know, has moving parts, but so still. And the way that you said, like you were just waiting to read it, was exactly what I thought that you used to do. And like you said, you know, the game has changed, your body has changed, but like that is the only thing that went through my mind is when I used to watch you swing, was just like you'd get in your load and you're just like, all right, I'm waiting, waiting, waiting. And then you can read it and swing and still produce, you know, line to line and MVP
4: numbers. I can't, I can't do that still and repeat it every day. I think I can do it but I can't repeat it every day. I think that's, that's the challenge. And I know, you know, I imagine some people listening to this may be like, well, why don't you just do it every day? The wear and tear on my body, making that move is difficult to describe in combination with, I, I kept making adjustments in 16, I started spreading out a little more. 15, excuse me, 15, spreading out a little more, 16, even more, a little choked up. 17 was like the ultimate combination of like spread out, stillness, choked up, tough with two strikes. And then when you when that's not working anymore, and you're using the last millimeter of of your potential. You can't just go. I'm not able to just go back to that. I'm not going to go back to 2010. I'm not going to go back to, you know. So so it's uh, for me, it's about, okay. what do I have right now? What's presented in front of me and how can I max out? How can I max out what I currently have with all the new variables? And without question, I don't like making excuses, but as you get older, it's different. I am not, I'm 39, I'm not 29-year-old version of me, I'm not 19-year-old version of me. I remember in 2010, I was 25 years old, 26 years old, excuse me, and I remember being on deck, every single at bat, I could talk, swing, and hear a noise, like, every single practice swing. And I I remember not stepping up to the plate till I took one swing that I heard the noise I would hear the noise and then I'd my confidence would be exactly where it needs to be, and then I remember literally the next year in 2011 taking swings on deck and not hearing that noise, and for the first two three months of the season being like yo <laughs> where's my whip like where's that feel that I leaned into where's that and that's one year to one that's one year to the next i played well that year i figured out new ways to be successful then in 12 same sort of thing slight choke up on my bat i accepted the whip it didn't shock me i'm trying to make better decisions at the place like a culmination of all the couple injuries that so like these things accumulate and that's just 10 years ago you know um so you know it's it's a it's a game of adjustments i actually think that it's really satisfying personally like i love the challenges i'm yeah. grateful that i have the opportunity to but the idea that why don't you you know the what the idea that things are going to be constant is 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 the opposite of reality you know that there will nothing nothing will be constant is the i think the the best reality to accept so and
0: if you're searching if you start searching for Previous feels, or you know, it, oh, but when I was going good, it felt like my hands were up here. It felt like I was really slotting. Like, as soon as I, in my career, especially early when I started searching for things, I would just put myself down a, uh, the, the, the worst like mental skid because it just, nothing ever feels right. Then you're always searching for something that you were, you were different in that moment, something, you know, your big toe was injured or something hurt, or there was something else that made you feel that way. And it just, it's never going to be the same. So like being obsessed with whatever your process is that day and, and being okay with that is like such a big part of aging in the game, I think.
4: Yeah, I, I I had a conversation with uh I won't say his name, but a great, great player, great hitter. And he was playing amazingly when I had this conversation. And he said, Yeah, I um I just decided I'm not gonna swing as much anymore. And I said, What well, because I swing like crazy. I wasn't able, I wasn't I a part of the reason why I struggled this year is because I literally I could not take aggressive swings in practice work because of my arm. And I said, what do you mean? He goes, yeah, I'll take like 20 swings off the tee and make, if my swing feels good, I'll stop at 10, 12, eight. But if it doesn't feel good at like roughly the 20 swing mark, I just tell myself, all right, too bad. you got to go compete now. And like, to your point, the feels I was doing this, I was doing that. Sometimes we have to just go out and trust that we'll figure it out in real time. Cause that's really what we do for a living. Yeah. You know? So I sometimes think our practice work is a, is a tool we use to manage anxiety. I, I, I don't always think it's an actual useful one-to-one practice than in-game sort of thing.
0: Joe Madden always had a theory that no, no team actually needs to take batting practice, like that you don't – batting practice is overrated and that he, he always wanted there to be a minor league team that didn't take BP for a full year. And like, and like, I- and like compare the
4: numbers. I mean, I think there's value in like, you wouldn't have a basketball player, not, you know, or or somebody, you wouldn't have a hundred meter sprinter come off the blocks right away without getting loose or running some drier sprints. Like it makes some sense to get some reps in to prepare your body and mind and find that rhythm, rhythm. But I, I I think there's a, there's like every player has their own routine, but I don't think, you know, uh, killing off uh batting practice is the is the solution
0: taking a quick break from our friend joey Vado to talk about manscaped.com joey must use manscape to get rid of that beard i don't know if you guys have been following him on instagram he Had a beautiful beard all off season uh and you know what he might use manscaped to get rid of that thing 20 percent off and free shipping with code compound at manscaped.com 20 percent off free shipping at manscaped.com use code compound i don't know if you guys know this they have a new beard it's called the beard hedger one do you stroke, know that one I'm stroke one guard 20 lengths can you what do you think that means dakota one beard one one stroke one guard 20 lengths i bet you it means that there's one guard. it's adjustable it's adjustable mm-hmm. and you can just boop boop boop,
1: boop. i need so one you of those gotta keep track of all your different pieces you just got that one and it's adjustable it makes it easy
0: tom uh, can can our friends at Manscaped make sure that uh, the three of us can review the beard uh, hedger and then uh, leave five star reviews just like people should leave five star reviews in the compound podcast?
3: I believe yours has already been sent to uh 10 that's weeks. unbelievable. Continue with the ad, but that's unbelievable. Where's
1: mine? Where's mine? Wrigley Wrigley Field. Well, how am I gonna get a Wrigley? Okay. I'll
0: have somebody pack it up and send it to me in Arizona. All right. Yeah, I, know, I kind of
3: figured that was the plan. Yeah. I'll get mine.
0: I'll get mine. Uh guys, don't worry. Yours is also in the mail. Okay. I'll, I'll talk work on getting you guys. I'm gonna talk to somebody. You guys are gonna get yeah, I mean, you know what? Beard Save it. hedger. Beard hedger. Manscaped. 20% off. Free shipping at manscaped.com. Use code compound. Let's get back to the interview with Joey. When you started to notice the high heater come into the game, yeah, and the and the super spin rate, jumpy fastballs. Did you feel like you had to make an adjustment with your swing or with your eyes? Because you're right-handed thrower, left-handed hitter. For me, I always felt like the left hand obviously wasn't as strong or dominant. So I wasn't as direct. There always has been a little bit of loop and able to handle off speed really well. Had to make an adjustment to handle the high four. And I'm talking to Rizzo about it. Riz, left-handed hitter, really dominant left hand, really strong left hand. He's taking swings and hitting himself in the ass to stay on top of the high heater. And he's like, Oh yeah, all I do is I just like punch it. Like, yeah, Riz, cause you're left-hand dominant. Like it's not that easy for me. And so I wonder like for you as a right-handed thrower, was there a like concrete adjustment that you made when that started happening in the game?
4: Well, I remember failing for a bit and it, it wasn't until, so my swing, I found, okay, I remember facing Giovanni Gallardo, and I always remember feeling, and this was back in like, you know, 8, 10, 12, 14, I always remember his fastball feeling too much for me, and he threw 92, 93, and I, 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 he was basically fastball slider, and I felt like, why, is, why can't I ever beat that fastball to the spot? I'm smashing other slightly running 98s, 97s. It was never a problem if there was any sort of run on him. It followed. It just, it was, it was fine for my bat path, but for him. And so once we started crossing paths with a lot of right-handers with that combination, that like straighter, spinnier, fastball, cutter, slider, curveball, all of those coming off of each other, um, I felt like, Ill, I felt ill-equipped for it. And it worked fine when I made the choke-up adjustment and I spread out because all I would try to do is just beat balls to the spot and I it worked out fine. But when I started standing a little taller and being more aggressive, I noticed I was constantly getting crushed by these pitches and as simple of a fix as it is, I just tried to acclimate myself to that pitch with the higher spin ball off the machine. And I just tried to, I played a game, I've never shared this, but I'll share it with you. I play a game where I use the Soto, try to hit the ball somewhere around 100 to 105, but then I have to hit the ball sub 1500 RPMs. And then I set it at the highest speed, not highest speed, because like eighty-two. And then I set it at thirty-two hundred spin. But then I try to match it. I try to match that with the Rapso, and and I feel like it shapes my swing to be more direct and also grow more comfortable with that particular pitch. Yeah, really hard to drill. It's the sort of drill that if I don't stay on it consistently and almost if I don't sign up mentally for it, like if I'm not like this might hurt, despite this, this might be a painful drill and you might struggle with it, but you better stay in here and at least clip a few. Um, but I found that that served me well and balls in game just aren't as anywhere near as difficult. The yeah. They're just, there's almost nobody that can beat that in the game.
0: No. No, that that's a really good one because when we would come into a game and there was, you know, in the middle of the middle of the time when stuff was on people's fingers, there was, you know, you're twenty-eight, twenty 2900 rpm heaters and you just like I feel like you swung three times and it's like, God damn it, I feel like I was right on every one of those. Yeah. Um, and you know, even before that when guys were throwing the 2500, and now that's kind of because of Rep Soto sure. and guys being able to really maximize spin, like that's a pretty you know, jumpy four seam, but I, it took me, it took me a long time to really figure out like what that had to feel like. And, and, you know, coming into 20, like um Corey uh, Kniebel, he threw, you know, I yes. like one of the first games I hit uh, a four seamer right back up the middle. And that was like, right at the start of the season. I was like, Oh, okay. All right. Like I can, if I can cover him, yeah. like I'm good. I can get anybody. Mm-hmm. And so like it, that was one of the aha moments for me. And it was like you know, 106, right back up the box. And I was like, all right, yep, I can do it. But it took, we had this, have you ever seen the leaf blower? Like the red that shoots out the... Yes. Okay. So Riz, through La because Trout used it, I guess. And then La told us about it. Riz ordered it. So we had the, we called it the leaf blower, but we would be in the cage. That thing's shooting balls starting at your ankles and at your head. And you're just... Chopping balls, but because they were soft, you could really let it eat, and it you wouldn't blow you up. So that was like that was one of the things that that definitely helped me
4: kind of get over that hump. Yeah, yeah.
0: I, what's I, the
4: what's I, I the saw, I saw um a, a Instagram post of of trout using that machine, and I bought one. I was like, Mike's using it. <laughs>
3: <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in. Well, then I need it. Can I interject very quickly? That yes, uh, while we were recording, Scott Rowland. Elected to the Hall of Fame, Joey's former teammate. Pretty cool. Just wanted to get that in there. Amazing. An I loved watching Scott Rowan, one of the best third basemen of all time defensively. Incredible. Was he, was he the only one? Believe so. He was the only inductee. Wow. I remember. I remember
0: Scott Rowan. His pre at bat routine. Joey, correct me if I'm wrong here, but he would go and he would sit on the bench before he was on deck. He would sit on the bench, full helmet, full batting gloves with his bat, just like this.
4: You know, he would, he would, I I learned something from him that I don't think he did intentionally. I don't know if he's a practitioner of like mindfulness or meditation. I'm not sure if he's, that's his thing. But I remember him sitting on the bench often, often I in isolation, just like with good posture, both his hands on his legs, just watching the game upright. And he would do that every game for, you know, almost any opportunity uh, he had to rest. If he wasn't getting as bad or it wasn't like checking something out behind the scenes, but he would just sit there. And I've adopted that because I think it's a useful tool and, um, but he'd do the same thing before as at bats. He would get his stuff and gloves on, and then just like you said, sit there. But he was doing that all the time in between innings. He was—he was. I played with Griffey Jr. and Griffey's the best player I've ever played with, and and because Ken's one of the all-time greats, so it's undeniable. I was very fortunate to play with him. And I played with him when I was young, but Scott was Scott was the most impressive player I've ever played with because. Um, his work was steady. He played with an intensity I'd never seen before. And he I felt like for someone with a lot of physical gifts, still got every last ounce out of himself. He always felt like he was an underdog, which was an ironic thing to think considering he was 6'5, 250. <laughs> but and a tremendous athlete. I mean, like could have played in Indiana, I think. I think he had a scholarship to Indiana back when Indiana was Indiana. He was um he was a great teammate, and um, now that you mentioned he was he was elected to the Hall of Fame, it's a big deal. He deserves it. Very like just a fantastic player. When I play with him, so well rounded, great base runner, great defender, most fundamentally sound player I've ever played with. You know, he would pick the ball up and throw with perfect accuracy. It was like he was like he was like uh he must have been coached really well. He seemed like a no chest. flash guy too. Like he was like no
1: like just straight batting gloves like no wrist tape no sleeves like just glove
4: yeah he had, a work. he had a pride to him I'm, i he he um was all about staying out of the training room unless you're injured he was about no not making Smart. excuses he didn't want um he, he didn't want uh he 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 you know hustle was a priority being on time was a priority uh, communal, you know, team-wide respect was important. He was really well liked and well respected. I'm, I'm, I'm. It's weird saying that, like, because Griffey, I expected to get into the Hall of Fame, but I wasn't sure whether or not Scott would. So it's a big deal that he got in. This is, this is right. I,
0: awesome. I can just imagine you being at first, like the ball at first base. Just him spinning the shit out of it and just it's throwing like,
4: like straight. it was like, like laser beams. I'm not sure. And Arenado's uh, excellent, but I'm not sure Arenado's better than Prime Scott Rowland defensively. I think the two of them, like Scott, ran well and was big and moved like a like a panther. I mean, the guy was just if you look old at old highlights of him, he had to deal with some injuries, but. He moved so so well as a as a young player and moved even he moved great as a 36-year-old when I play with him. So
0: can you tell us, is there anything this offseason that you're focusing on? Any anything like as you're I know that you rehab a shoulder and everything, but is there anything as you like go into this spring that you're really thinking about or that's been a focus this
4: offseason? So health was a factor last year. You know, I, I so last year. And and since we're doing hitting baseball talk, last year my plan was okay. So in 21, I had 36 home runs in 129 games, and I was like, "All right, I want 50. All I have to do is like snag a few more from these left-handers, and I'll get 50." And I was like, "I'm gonna just try to hit homers again." And so I go to the I go to a bat factory and make some adjustments to my bat. I threw one of those knobs on the bottom. I won't say the company, but I threw one of those knobs on the bottom and I um, w- was doing the exact same program swing-wise as the, previous, as, the, as the year before, but I never found the barrel. I never found the barrel. Like i clip a ball uh, and then miss, miss, miss. Clip two, miss, miss, miss. And I don't do that. I don't miss the ball. But I was like, okay, we're it's an it's a new experience. We're going to make this adjustment. At no point did I feel whippy. At no point did I feel accurate. But the ball's coming off hot when it came off, right? So I was like, all right, well, they say this is supposed to work. I'm going to do this. More power, more more you know, bigger big bigger peak exit velocity numbers. If I go from 114 to 116, wow, you know that means I can miss hit balls all over the field and they're going to be home runs. That in combination with I basically spent the entire offseason pulling the ball. So I hit off of left-handers. I hit off a left-handed machine. I set up everything in. And all I did was try to pull the ball. And from when I was 18 years old until now, I've never pulled the ball. Ever, ever, ever pulled the ball. Because, and I'll say this because I'm in this I'm, I'm at this angle right now. I'll explain this angle. For me, I view, I view, um, hitting as protecting your, 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 uh, blind spot. There's like a little blind spot here, here, like yeah. in this window that if you try to catch it out front, your blind spot gets bigger. So the breaking ball fall, the left-handed breaker ball falls into it. The back door, left-handed sinker, the right-handed cutter, any breaking balls. And then on top of that, you get sped up where you're trying to catch the ball way out front. And I've never been way out front guy. I've always been like close to the body and the ball just naturally comes off wherever it goes off because that's just, I have enough to be able to put over the fence. So I spent all last off season trying to pull the ball, something I've never done with a new bat. And in April, call it seventy-five b- at bats, I was hitting the worst I'd ever hit in my career, worst month of my career. And I was rolling over everything. I was mishitting balls that I should have hit. The whole the whole month it felt off. Then I got COVID. Then I a couple of weeks uh, off of COVID. Another, I think, five-ish days of rehabbing. And I come back and I'm like, that's it, man. You're using the old bat and we're hitting the ball to left field. You're hitting the ball to center field. We're this. We're done with this. So I started grinding back, grinding back, grinding back. And then late June, my hand, I couldn't grip the bat, my elbow, my shoulder, my bicep. I didn't know what was going on. But you, you all know when you're competing, you're just like, we're going to f- problem solve this, right? And... I couldn't, I I decided I'm not going to practice behind the scenes because I can't swing my bat. I wouldn't take, I would, I'd hit out a couple balls off the tee and then go play the game because of my arm. And I was grinding. And then at some point something gave, I don't know if it's because my bicep tore or whatever, but I started plummeting performance wise. But my plan this year to finish this full story, my plan this year is just pure fundamentals, pure fundamentals. I'm going. I'm gonna lock in on that high spin. I'm gonna hit the hammer of the ball the other way. I'm gonna beat right-handers because that's that's my strength. Last year, I OPSed six seventy against right-handers. I had a higher OPS and a higher on base. I had like a three seventy on base against left-handers. What? And then I had like a two ninety against right-handers. What are we talking about? I should be. I get I get intentionally walked by right-handers, sort of. <laughs> And here I am getting smashed by them. The game's no different. So, my plan is just pure fundamental let it eat, smash high pitches, do some mix work, do some mix work, low trajectory, hit the ball off the left center field wall on a low trajectory. And then, ideally, get enough at bats if I have, you know, in spring training, if I have to do extended, if my arm's not ready, whatever. But get as many at bats as I can, be fully, fully ready. To be able to just stand the box and freestyle. That's my goal, hitting goal. So, uh, but I have to be healthy. And that's yeah. why I'm extended. I don't, you know, I'd love to be there for opening day, but health is health. Right. So,
0: that's really interesting because of thinking about like thinking about you hitting pull side homers isn't like it's like not like a sold out all the way in front. It's like the ball gets to you and it's like bang, like tight. And yeah. the, uh, you know, that's, that's how I've all like, I've always seen you just dominate the middle of the field. And then if somebody like, if I remember, I remember Hendrix would always throw you hip shots, hip shot, hip shot, hip shot. And you would just do take, take, take. And then one day it's just like, it's like, Oh shit. And like, that's like, that's what I remember. Like when you're at your best, like so short and tight in there. So I can imagine like, if you spend a full off season out, cause I know when I get pool happy and out front, it's like my sight gets so far out front that anything on the outer half almost look so far away from me and I commit like it's the instant commit. And then it feels like you have a wet noodle behind you to go
4: get that outside pitch. There's just nothing left to give. Yeah. Anything breaking down in a way it's, it falls for me into that. Like I mentioned blind spot, like a, a, you're trying to catch out front, but really, you know, I used to, I used to love bonds, like love bonds. I tune into every one of his at bats. I'd, I'd rewatch his at bats when I came home. But I always found that bonds hit the tool for I, the way I use bonds was a measure of greatness, not a swing, because I I can't relate to like you mentioned with Rizzo going like this click and then the ball coming off and basically bending the opposite. Like, way. True, like that
0: true that it's coming backwards. Yeah. yeah.
4: And, and, and us, if we right handed the ball comes off like that. Yeah. And that's a disaster for us. <laughs> Because then if we try to hit, I mean, how hard is it when you, when you hook, hook topspin a ball to the right side, but then you're like, oh, this guy's, this guy's throwing pitches. I need to, I need to hit the ball to left field. And you're just like grinding to feel that timing of like, where is that little sliver where, because it is a little sliver to hit the ball the other way, a teeny little matched up sliver where the ball's coming and the swings in the right place. But you can only get that if you like rep that out. And what can funk that up, in my opinion, is any out front stuff because then you lose this thing. So that's my plan for tw- for this coming year. Just pure fundamentals. Ideally, being healthy, having fun, letting it eat. I think uh, I think it'll be fine. I don't I don't know. Like I I think I'll be I'll, I'll be in a good place.
0: I love that. I can't wait to see out in We don't want to keep you for too much longer, but this has been awesome. It's been awesome talking talking chop do you you have anything to tell me about Barnhart before you go anything about Barnhart? should i give him a tough time about anything any one story that i should give him a hard time about we can always cut this too
4: no no tucker's one of the best teammates i've ever played with he's over not overly prepared as prepared as it gets he's as professional as it gets he's motivated he's a team guy he's all in like he'll be a cub like all in right away um he, it, 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 clubhouse wise is a, a great, great pickup. And I think that he'll, you'll find that uh, he'll be a, a person to occasionally talk to when it comes to hitting because he's always trying to be better, trying to problem solve, trying to work. He loves to play well offensively, but you can tell he's a team guy because he prides himself on being prepared defensively, being good with the pitching staff being good with with the with the coach the pitching coach working well in in that group so I I'm very fond of Tucker and and uh, I'm happy for him
0: so he's already started to go back and watch like all of our pitchers outings from like the last years and figure out like what they like to throw and stuff start texting everybody
4: he's a beauty yeah you'll like him even more than that he's he's uh he's as professional as it gets I haven't met many like him it's awesome thanks yeah. for coming on man Appreciate it. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, thank you a lot. Can't, can't wait to hear more about your chess games. Appreciate it. Best of luck to everyone here and good health to all of you. Thank you. you as likewise, well. likewise. Likewise. Thanks guys.
0: See you, Joey. That was an amazing interview with Joey. What a, what a just thoughtful hitter. I would, I could talk kidding with him for, I, I actually think five hours
1: i texted I mean, zach during the interview and said you guys were speaking korean because i did not understand what was going on in the interview
0: he, you can hey, tell wait hold on he, hey dakota you want to maybe there you go come back you can hear screen. me
1: can't you you yeah. use my, my face, face I've, you've watched I all the you... tiktoks it's never me or zach's face so i can lay down i don't even need to be here. that's I, i'm it's actually thinking video, Yeah. yep so don't tell me to sit up yep Woo-hoo.
2: Ian Hap has no co-hosts. I mean, be honest, Zach. Have you ever seen a TikTok <laughs> and it's and we're hey, on there for more than listen, two seconds? You know how much I love the compound. Have you noticed that I haven't reposted any of them because none of us are in it except for Ian. I, I
1: can't believe I'm wearing John Boy right now because all he does is disrespect us. It's sad. I don't mean that. I don't it's mean sad. that. I take that. I take that back. <laughs> we're uh, the black
0: sheep. It's all good, dude. It's all good. Talk about.
1: Can you talk about Joey, please? Yes, it was back great on interview. Joey. He. Uh, is way too smart for me as a hitter
2: i i was gonna say to zach
1: like is that almost overthinking or
2: no is there yeah, such over, thing as over overthinking, overthinking except he's won an mvp you know he's yeah no 150 million dollar contract
1: i, think I didn't just, realize I think people thought th-
2: that much
0: i think he's so i think that's why he's so good is because he's so thoughtful and keeps making adjustments he's like so one of the things that i noticed playing against him it just always felt like he was so in tune with his body and what he was trying to do like that. Those 17 and 18, you know, he was awesome. 21, but I'm telling you in 17 and 18, that dude, every time he came up, it was like, he's not going to punch. No chance. He's going to get on base half the time. He's going to walk that.
3: We had to play this four man outfield against him. He was the best hitter on the planet but that was august 14 2017 and he hit a double against that too which was the wildest part
0: yeah i think i was in i i can't remember what position i was playing but i, I think
1: i was i think i was in there it's like didn't he have, didn't he have a streak like wasn't there like a crazy streak where he never popped up on the infield yes it was like years right no yes. he
0: never he never hit a foul ball to the right side
1: or that sort of way. like. He never popped out in foul territory or something. It was something insane. Yeah, like, he would only hit foul balls the other way. do
3: that? So I have bad news for you, and you were not on the field for the four-man outfield. Oh. Damn it. Oh. Right wasn't the I playing? You might
1: have been at second base. You were an infield. No, it was too. the
3: outfield shift was Schwarber and left. Chris Bryant moved from third to, like, left, right, like, left center. Uh, Jay's in center field, and then Hayward's in right. You got Lastella, Baez, and Rizzo on the infield.
0: Who was in oh. center?
3: Jay John Jay John Jay
0: God, August 14th 2017 I can't get in the lineup
1: you're riding the pine damn man. it uh, it's
3: just a day off who started for the Reds I'm attempting to figure this out right now tell me who started for the Reds uh Jose Quintana
1: the lefty you're not a good righty as good as you are he was, he was, on, the are, lefty. He was Jose on the Quintana
3: Reds wasn't with the Reds yeah, uh, no, I'm no, sorry. No, because that oh, was right yeah. after the trade. Uh, Asher Wojcikowski. I'm sorry. I, re- I read the wrong. I read the wrong side. Asher Wojcikowski. He gave up seven runs in three and two thirds. Why wasn't I playing that game? I could have hit homer. Everybody that's was why hitting you're homers.
1: On the bench, <laughs> uh,
3: you did get a pinch running appearance in that game. You oh, get your games played up. Use that
1: on hard.
3: Yeah, yeah you, you got good speed. Who did I pinch run for? Uh, you pinch ran for Bryant. Oh my we god, because the, the game was we, so out of control. Yeah, we want to we want to get him I had to go feet.
0: defensive replace somebody. Oh man, you have game. I have a, I have have a
1: question, have a question for you too. A question for you too. What would your bat speed be off of a T? I have no idea. Like I've actually been do doing some of this stuff on uh because the guy that trains me tests it, and I'm just curious what you guys get. On blast? Like if I'm just doing my work by like 65,
0: but if I was on if I was like trying to eat,
1: like get after it, like seventy five. What are you talking about?
0: Bat speed off a, off tee?
1: a tee. Bat speed. speed okay, bat? ball speed. Whatever. I don't know the other one, the higher one, like exit velocity. Sorry, not bat speed. I don't, I don't
2: hit. I don't hit the ball hard in BP okay. or off a tee. Never mind.
1: Never mind. Never mind. What's on. the number you're looking for? hundred? No, I was just curious what you guys got because I had like ninety four, and then the guy. Well, my, I was mine. With... Mine's ninety five. Well, I know yours is higher. The guy I was hitting with, Keegan Aiken, he pitches for the Orioles. He got like 104, and I was like off a tee into a net. No, mine's 105 then. I, I'm I'm guessing yours is very high, oh. so I was just curious. I, I rarely hit balls even can you, over 100. Can you wait to stuff your face till we're done recording? Yeah, seriously. What's going on? <laughs> you're laying down. I'm you're about eating. The- like, what are we doing?
0: I, I, we need an hour and 15 minutes, max an hour 30 a week. We got a guy eating yeah. and what do I'm leaving? Down? I'm leaving as soon as this is over. Where are you going?
3: I'm going to hit. What? Oh, Why didn't you do that He's earlier? going to hit. What have you been doing all hit. day? Also, very quickly on August seventeenth, on August fourteenth, twenty seventeen, you also had a plate appearance and got hit by Scooter Jeanette. So it sounds like a wild day. Oh, get your open field, that. That
0: baby. 0-2 O-2, O-2 count. Scooter was throwing. Scooter, Scooter was nasty. Actually, was a fucking player.
2: You were 0-2 against in a position player. Yes.
0: yes, yes. Scooter was throwing sidearm. Okay, I think I took the first one and then I fouled off the second one. Maybe. And I'm sitting there 0-2 against Scooter Jeanette going, oh my God, I just got so I just you pinch to pinch run, run for Brian. I didn't get to play in this game. We were blowing guys out, okay? I just pinch ran for Bryant. I'm in here playing fucking defense. Now I'm going to get in a bet off Scooter fucking Jeanette. It's 0-2, and they hit me right in the ass. You stuck
2: like,
1: like you God. stuck your ass out to get hit.
0: You're how like, happy, you how happy hit were out you? Out were here. you skipping down to first base? I was so happy. I was like, thank God. That would have been, you know, I... I love when the Cubbies win. That would have been a day where, like, we just blew everybody out, and, like, I'm walking back in there going, like, Jesus Christ.
2: Perhaps App, the first one out of the locker room that day. <laughs> yeah. I'm, walk, I'm walking back in there like, nice game, everybody. Like, damn it. Dude, I, I, I think I've, I mean, in minor leagues, I've, I think I'm, like, I haven't struggled against position players, but when I'm walking up to the plate against one, I'm, like, there's just no way this is going to be, like, lose, lose. I fucking hate it.
0: I started hitting righty against position players i would i went i went two for three went two for three this year off position players and my out were right-handed i might have done once lefty i went two for three off position players and my out was a 105 mile hour line drive to the right fielder
2: oh Oppo. So, hang on funny story really quick about the position player so last year or 21 my rookie year, I get sent down, get called back up. And it's like, I didn't, it was somebody got hurt and they're like, all right, got to bring short back up. And like, I wasn't in a good spot. Like I didn't start that game and this was still when you could double switch. So I was always brought up when they went on NL trips just so you could have an extra position guy. And I double switch in a blowout. Like, I mean, we're winning by a zillion against the Reds. And I'm like, oh, like I, I won't get in that battle. I'll Just play defense, like whatever. And they bring in, a position player and i'm up fourth and i'm like you got like if i don't get a hit here i like this guy can't hit regular pitching, he can't position playing you know like i'm walking up there and i'm like aj's looking at me just smiling and i'm like oh my god i'm, I'm gonna get a hit a position player and i think we go one two three and i'm on deck when the last out's made and i'm walking back and i'm like ah oh, shoot i wanted that ab i wanted it there's there's nothing like that blowout game where that a bat's coming for you and you're like,
0: ah, uh, business player, uh, you see, player. you just
2: feel it, you feel it on your tail. You're like, I'm gonna get in that bat. You're playing the game with the lineup, you see it on there, you're just like, Oh my god, I'm 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 gonna be up.
3: What do you <laughs> think StatCast has that pitch at miles per hour wise on the scooter? It hit now? me in the ass. Yeah, the one it hit me
0: 67. Yeah. 60, yeah. it was 66
3: miles an hour. Sixty oh. sixty point nine, sixty-one miles oh. an hour, That's good. They listed it as a curveball as well, technically. I, they don't have video, unfortunately. Seventeens. No, fr- it was
1: right. not. It was a... It was a we know that Compound TikTok ball. would put it out if there was. It would be <laughs> Ian's face all over it. Zach, you know what's Let's crazy? Let's do Sloan screen time. Real quick. This is out of complete left field, which Ian plays left field, so it might work. So now it ties in. It's crazy that you eat left-handed, but you throw a baseball... Like, it's crazy me. You throw a baseball right-handed, but you eat lefty. You swing a golf club righty you write left handed i know that's crazy like that makes no it sense makes
0: sense makes I'm sense awful. why the hands yep. don't sleep yeah that's hey that's, that's why
1: that glove worked no. hey.
0: let's uh, do four. slow screen time yes for if you need automatic flushers automatic faucets automatic anything that, that runs water through it that's probably that's a lot of different things Uh Sloan Valve for all of your needs. Anybody out there looking for automatic flushers, automatic faucets? We love the people at Sloan. Let's do the Sloan screen time.
2: 435. Yes. 531.
1: Let's go. That's a Um, blowout. That's a bad day, Zach. You better know that. Uh 932. Oh. Oh god. Oh, oh. Oh, oh my God. goodness!
3: I'm You're not hungry. I'm not hungry anymore.
1: Day. It's only seven fifteen. I couldn't so get of sleep hours last
3: then. night. I was, I, was, I, <laughs> sleep. I was tired. I was. I couldn't sleep. I was on my phone. <laughs> I am like at three hours, hours and today, six
0: Tom. minutes. Tom, can you? What was please, yours, Ian? Three hours and now seven minutes. Ooh, Tom, can behind. you post? Can you post your end of the day screen time for at the listener, please? It's, it's going to be, gonna be double
3: 12, digits, right? It's going to no, be I'm, 11. I'm putting my phone away the rest of the day. I'm not using it anymore. Okay. Using sure. no, we
1: believe you. We believe you. Don't you take the train?
3: <laughs> I can't take the subway home. Yeah.
1: There's no way if you're on the subway, you're not looking at your phone. Like, what are you going to look at people? There's some crazy stuff there. You don't want to look at, you don't want to make eye contact. That's not shipped. on the subway. You don't know.
3: Yeah, uh, we do this. We do a show where they ask people sometimes come into the office, what they're listening to. And our tech guy, Dan said he was raw dogging reality. So I might have to try that. That might be my plan for the subway ride home. Just raw dog reality. Just like experience what's happening. And be like, this is crazy. <laughs> Like, you see, I, you'll see some performers on the subway That I think are genuinely some of the most talented Like doing a flip oh, on yeah. a moving New York City subway Is one of the most incredible things You could ever see And people and pe- I see it 10 times a week And people are so bored by it now The guy will do a flip right in front of them They won't even look up from their phone I'm like there's a man flipping on a moving train You're not even like acknowledging it People, people
2: are like passed out on the floor And they'll just be like oh Just step right over them Just like keep looking at their phone like nothing happened it's yeah. another
1: day in New York City. Can I just
0: say, isn't it amazing that Joey Votto is, what do you say, 39 years old? He's I didn't had, know he was that old. I looked had, it up
1: when we started the interview.
0: He's had a Hall of Fame career, and he's still trying to figure out what Judge and Goldie did last year so that he can be better.
2: That's incredible. And it's there's it's not a secret why he's a zillionaire.
0: Yep, that's a good point. That's episode 143 of the Compound Podcast, brought to you by Parsi Ram When I say Parsi, you Ram. say... Rum. Um, Nice delay from all of you We will see you next week We're going to talk about golf Uh, Dakota's going to sit up straight Zach's not going to eat And
1: And maybe uh, we'll have a TikTok with our faces on it Probably not Let's not get too
2: carried away there Dakota
1: (laughs) See you next week